Welcome to Queer, an LGBTQ plus live entertainment discussion podcast. I'm your host, Megan, and with me is... Hey, Phil, how you doing? And today, guys, we have an awesome guest. And, you know, she's not really so much a guest as always, just kind of like our, our third silent member of our merry, merry band. Uh, <laughs> and, that would be, and that would be Andrea Slim Allman. How are you? I'm great. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. All right. All right. So for those who don't know Slim, um, she actually um, makes our uh, our intro, um, both our intro and our outro music. And um, some of the things, you know, and if that doesn't go without saying, she is a sound designer. <laughs> And uh, so for uh, for today's episode, you know, we we've been going on with this ongoing topic about survival and, you know, what we can do during this time while our industry is kind of frozen on ice, we will still continue using the frozen analogy. And um, and from there, you know, uh, what uh, Slim has been doing is providing uh, various forms of uh, entertainment through her own set of skills. So uh, Slim, uh, from here on. Uh, just tell us about yourself. Tell us your name, your preferred pronouns, and yeah, whatever the hell you want to talk about. All right. All right. Well, my name is Andrea Almond, um, but my nickname is Slim. Pretty much everybody calls me Slim. Um, so yeah, I'm a theatrical sound designer and composer, a uh, mix engineer. I'm from Texas. Um, did a lot of work at the Dallas Theater Center for a while, and um then I moved to LA, or actually moved to Orange County to uh, pursue, pursue a, a MFA in sound design. So that's what brought me out here to LA. And um, yeah, got my MFA and then moved up to LA. And I've just been kind of traveling around doing regional shows and uh, did an off-Broadway. And then uh, still mix engineering and just kind of hustling, doing a little bit of everything. So yeah, I guess that's my little intro. Sounds good. Awesome. So I, so, um, I guess then, um, I guess we can start with, you know, um, what got you into theater, you know? All right. So I'm like a, a late theater bloomer. Um, I didn't really start theater until I think I was like 20, 20 years old, maybe. So, uh, I was an athlete in college. I actually played college basketball at Texas Wesleyan university. And, uh, I ended up dating a girl who was an actress and I had to um, do electives, like we all got to do electives. I was an ad PR major, and um, I'm dyslexic, like, and I reading is rough for me. Like, so I don't want to do any extra reading than I have to, right? And I'm talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, Ah, what classes do I take? And she's like, Why don't you take theater classes? You won't have to, you know, write a bunch of stuff. You know, you'll have fun. Da da da. And I'm like, All right, all right. So I take this class called IAC, which is like a integrated arts core class, which is a uh, who all was in there? Musicians were in there, uh, artists, theater artists, and then there were some ad PR majors that took it as well. And uh, essentially, they split us all up. So it would be like some theater kids and some musicians in a group and then some ad PR people all in one group, and we'd, they'd mix it up. And then we would do projects from there. So anything from like make a puppet and then you guys are going to do a performance with a puppet to like paint a painting and then like compose music to the painting. We just did weird stuff, but we did it as a group. And um, I always made the music for our stuff, even though I wasn't really like a musician or anything. I was like, I got that. I'll do the sounds. I'll do whatever, whatever. 
And then I did a project one day and my teacher was like, you know, that's a job that people do, right? Like you understand that that's a job. And I was like, oh, wow, it is a job. Um, so from there, I got into the theater department and I was like, hey, I want to do some sound stuff. So uh, I did Sweeney Todd and I didn't really understand anything about mixing other than like DJ equipment. So I mixed the musical, didn't know what I was doing. Basically, the theater teacher was like, here you go, set up this board and figure it out. So I, you know, looked online, figured it out. And then I fell in love, like just mixing and getting it right and like getting chills on my back whenever the mix was just right or whatever. And I just was like, dang, this is it for me. So, uh, so yeah, that's how I got started. And awesome. um, yeah. No, that's really cool. Yeah, I was a I was a late theater bloomer as well. I didn't get into theater really until I was in college as well. You know, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I never. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought the theater people in high school were nerds. So oh, nerds. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I was that nerd. <laughs> I, I, you know, I say that, but I'm also I was also in chorus. So like, I <laughs> also part of it. I know it really is, and really half the people in my chorus were like, literally more than half were like all in the theater. So it was just like. <laughs> So I was just like, all right, see you later, nerds. And they're like, shut the hell up, you know? And I was just like, and I said, see you later, nerds, because I wouldn't hang out with them because I was out back playing Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, in the cafeteria. Because that's you know, not nerdy at all. Cool no, not yeah, you know, like, you know, what the cool people do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually um, didn't I even know that we had a theater at my school. Like, I, I don't even think it crossed my mind in high school that we ever had one. But sorry, anyway. <laughs> No, no, I mean, like, hey, I, I totally get it. Like, you know, it's not like theater is always, like, properly funded in any way, shape, or form in our public education system. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> My theater in high school was a cafetorium with 12 Source 4 par juniors. Source 4 juniors. It was great. That's exciting. With a smart All we had in, It was awesome. All we had in high school was, uh, like, a series of, like, strip lights of like those like uh par 38 strip lights oh, yeah. that were like going across and like it was just like oh you want some downlight i could give you red blue green maybe a little bit of amber you know really the exciting stuff <laughs> all the good <laughs> all the goods and i only know that just because i uh i you know when we did course and we perform it like i would just be like this sucks the lighting's <laughs> terrible you know even at a young age before lighting i realized lighting was terrible um but uh but yeah, so I guess then uh, from then on, um, you know what? Uh, so what, what? What made you push to get your uh, your MFA? Yeah, MFA. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my motherfucking <laughs> artist degree. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, okay. So I actually didn't do that for about four years after mm -hmm. I graduated from undergrad. So after I graduated from undergrad, the first gig that I got was. Uh, doing lighting for the Super Bowl because like the Super Bowl was in was in Dallas at the time like right when I graduated so mm -hmm. I kind of hopped on that train and did the corporate thing just to make some money right when I started and then I was like oh cool you can make money hanging lights and stuff great let's see what else is out there and then I saw DTC had like an overhire call for lighting so I was like bam bam let me sign up for that went in for the call um, heard that they lost their A2 and I'm really a sound person I'm just doing lighting to make money and haven't gotten in with any audio people to make money yet but i heard that they lost their a2 and so and that batman was the a1 and that he was looking for someone so i run around the whole dtc and i'm like are you batman are you batman are you batman are you batman i even go up to aaron johansson which we are i think i don't know if megan knows but i know that we know 
him mm. and he was like no dude it's not me it's that guy over there so i'm like okay cool so i'm like hey are you batman on our break to him finally and he's like yeah that's me and he starts walking the 7-eleven and i straight up follow him and i'm like yeah dude i heard you need an a2 and i'd really like to you know take a shot at uh, the gig you know i'm just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed like super eager i follow him all the way there i follow him all the way back we get slurpees <laughs> Um, and, uh, and he's like, okay, I'm going to call my boss, um, and see if he wants to hire you. So he calls his boss and then he's like, okay, we're going to give you a shot. So I do my first show, which is the Tempest and it's a straight play, but there are like 15 people in mic. So sort of a busy show for my first day two gig, but I did, I guess not horribly. So they asked me to be on staff from there. And then, um, yeah, from there I did a bunch of shows with a bunch of designers. I did shows with the the designer of Hamilton, Nevin Steinberg, mm-hmm. uh, Rob Kaplowitz, who is a Tony winner, and uh, some other big names. And I uh, learned from them and kind of like was like, what can I do to, you know, become a designer, go from a tech to being a designer? And like kind of all roads led to either going to New York and just kind of seeing how it would go or going to grad school and uh, basically gaining those skills kind of in a safe environment as opposed to just kind of going out there and sink or swim um so so yeah i kind of decided that i think year two of working at dtc and at that point i was still the a2 and i was kind of like really getting bored of being the a2 i would mix some shows but it was like the smaller ones and i was like i want to mix the musicals i want to i want to do more things so i uh applied i got in and right when i got in i got the a2 job because batman left to go on tour and i was like oh no i'm so torn because this is what i've been wanting to do um, but everyone was like, just go to grad school, Slim. You're a designer in your heart. Just go, go do it. Um, so I did it. And uh, yeah, here I am. Graduated in 2017. And yeah, still there here. There you go. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's a good little journey. And I, I mean, I feel like that's a safe bet on school, like so that you can learn in like a safe environment. I mean, <laughs> One of my absolutely that is like the main reason you go to school. You pay so you can make mistakes. Yeah, like sort of. Yeah, you don't get fired from these mistakes. You get them in a well. Let's not let's not get carried away. Yeah, you make a mistake, you won't get fired. (laughs) It's that, and I think it's also like networking and getting to grow with other artists. Like my department was pretty small. They took two a year, two sound designers a year. So there are always six of us. And I just think us growing together and pushing each other and like, I'm really good at this, not so good at this, but the other colleague of mine is, you know, the opposite of me, like us push, pushing each other to grow. And then uh, just the network outside of it. Like I know a ton of people from UCI now that I can call upon if I need help with anything as far as theater or just life in general. So so you went to Irvine. I did. Yeah. UC Irvine. Oh, oh awesome. Awesome. I, uh, I almost, almost, I almost went there. That was my third school I think third or fourth school mm-hmm. yeah. yeah they have a good lighting program they do they do I forgot her name um Jamie Smith yes she she mm-hmm. was she was really really sweet the only reason why I didn't take it was because California would have been a nightmare to transfer uh Jen's um teaching certificate yeah so totally right. but uh no that's awesome though so I guess now you know like since um since getting your master's degree and stuff like that, what you you know what was kind of like those that experience you know getting your MFA you know fresh fresh out and just started like work on working on that hustle. 
Um, well, getting the MFA was, was hard. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, Mike and Vinny, who uh, run the sound department, uh, they're incredible educators, and I didn't really see it while I was in school because they grinded on us so hard. And I was kind of like, I hate you, Mike Hooker, because he was really hard on us. And he was basically like, that's cute. Y'all are still shit. Like, he didn't say that, but like, he made sure that we never really got egos and kind of mm -hmm. always suppressed us, which I, I don't want to say that I had a huge ego, but I definitely had an ego before I went to grad school. And I think part of it is because I'm a female in a male dominated field. So I'm like, I can do it. Get out of my way. Like, I just kind of thought that's how I had to be. And then in grad school, I kind of got like, you know, not subdued or whatever, but like, he would just be like, you're not the shit. And I'd be like, you know what? You're right. I just like learned to be a little bit more modest from that experience but at the time it was really hard because like we're trying so hard to you know please them and be like we're good right we're doing it right right and like you could never please my cooker but now i'm happy because he made me work really hard so Definitely. yeah i kind of maybe digress there but yeah um so there's that and then uh, the people that go there the people that they choose to go to uci uh i think they all have good souls i don't know if that's a weird thing to say but they look for good people i don't think they necessarily are looking for like the next best thing they're looking for people that are going to help the department as a whole and be good and vibe with the other students and i appreciated that i felt like everybody was kind of there for the same reason and that was yeah. good and, com and comforting um but yeah so that was in at uci um year two for me was crazy uh, I, I got diagnosed with celiac disease, which which was a big time bummer. So I was like in grad school and dealing with that and like intestinal damage and all that craziness. But that is actually how I started to learn about sound healing was when I got really sick uh, in grad school. So we can segue back to that later. But um, but yeah, so UCI was pretty amazing. A lot of opportunities to learn a lot of different things. And then uh, after I graduated. What did I do right after? I got really lucky, actually, right after grad school. I uh, mixed a show at the Wallace, like, real quick, right when I got out, which is a regional theater in Beverly Hills. And then mm -hmm. while I was on that show, uh, a buddy of mine, Mackenzie Ellis, who's a crazy, crazy good A1, um, she was the A1 on Something Rotten at the time, and uh, their A2 was quitting. And so she was like, she posted up, I need an A2. And then I was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing it. And she was like, really, you want to do it? I thought you were trying to design. And I was like, being on a Broadway tour will be awesome. You know, like, let's do it if, if you think I'm the right fit for it. Um, so she took a chance on me. I mean, we just like knew each other in passing. We weren't like super close. Um, but uh, so that was my first, like, I guess, big gig out of school was the a2 assistant audio on something rotten tour which is an insanely hard show to mix so i'm super grateful i was on that because i feel like once you mix that show you can pretty much mix anything mm -hmm. um so that was really amazing to do every night and get to uh well not every night we swapped off but to get to do that for huge audiences was pretty amazing and yeah. then after the tour ended i uh got my first regional gig uh at dtc my first design gig Public Works Dallas, which was incredible. That was an amazing experience. I did that. I actually did that twice. And then I designed a few other things, designed an off-Broadway, uh, taught a class at UNLV, uh, designed and mentored at Ole Miss, just kind of been all over the place. I, did, I mixed the show at Pasadena Playhouse or Ag Time, which was awesome. 
And yeah, I've just kind of been all over. I do a little bit of everything. And then since yeah. since COVID, you know, <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit different. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, like it's just like just that record scratch. <laughs> Right, sorry. Yeah, where's the cue, yeah. cue the effects? Yeah, right. <laughs> Literally everything just womp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry for the vibe killer, everyone. Like on a steady, like whoosh. Here is all the depressing yeah. stuff we can give you at once. That was. We'll bring it back up. Two episodes ago, I was just like, we are so sorry that this has been nothing but like a downhill episode. But it's like, there's just no positive. There's just nothing positive happening right now in our industry. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's pretty tough. Yeah, in our industry, there's beauty yeah. other places, but yeah, if you want to look there, it's it's not not pretty right now. Mm -mm. But hey, we got Hamilton on Disney Plus. There you go. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> That you know, that's that. It really just kind of shows like where, where, how, how, uh, like how sensitive right now our our industry is. It's just like that was that was the most exciting moment that I that happened because you know before that, like I was just seeing my feed all the time of like you know other theater practitioners and stuff like that. I'd be like, hey guys, do you have any suggestions for you know how to make some extra money? How's Postmates? How's Uber? How's Uber Eats? Grubhub? You know all this list, you know, and just like how to you know how you survive. And then like Hamilton came up, like, oh my god, Hamilton was so good. Oh my god, hot nice, nice job, Binkley. What a great lighting design. Oh my goodness, what a great show. What a great show. Oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, what a talented individual. And I'm like, oh, it kind of felt like nice that I was just like, oh, you know, like the spirit of theater is just kind of being like lifted up just a little bit, just the tiniest bit, you know. And then it, yeah. at the same time, we kind of had a, you know, we kind of had to pop the the balloon a little bit and just be like, hey, just remember that, you know, you're watching this and every single person that's working on the show right now, uh, every designer and crew member right now is probably out of work. Right. You know? Yep. Yeah, I do appreciate, Hamilton's not really my thing, not really my kind of show, but I do appreciate what it has done for the theater community. Yeah. And I see the value for sure in that. And I'm, and I'm glad that they came, they released it because it was early, right? Like they, that wasn't supposed to happen or was it supposed to be in theaters? I don't, no, I don't was, know. It was supposed to be released in theaters not this coming mm -hmm. October, but the October after. Okay. So it was like a year and a half early. Yeah. Okay, that's that's cool. That that's awesome of them because the people needed it. So that's good. So, what, oh, yeah. so what's your opinion then? From doing it again, from actually releasing <laughs> it in theaters and raking it. Right. Up. Oh, they will. Yeah. In in Atmos, y'all. <laughs> so what's so what's your uh, what's your opinion with uh, like Broadway shows being streamable or like being available to be watched remotely? Uh, I think they always should have been. Yo. Yeah. I'm like all about it, and I think that once this is over, they need to think about streaming them all for like mm. a small fee because there's so many people that should be exposed to theater that don't have the money. I don't have the money, and I'm a grown up mm. <laughs> with uh, multiple jobs. And uh, so, yeah, it's just like come to the show if you want to see it live for your $200 ticket, but here, spend 10 or 15 bucks if you yeah. want to stream it. Like, it's great. So, I'm all about it and I'm excited. Same thing with Twitch and all the streaming. Like, I've seen so many DJs that I love that I never would have seen otherwise because money and time. So, it's, like, incredible. I'm all about it. Yeah. No, yeah, awesome. I think, I think this is going to be the time that everyone starts to see, like, how much we can actually get the arts out to everyone. And it's not just a huge, like, money pit. 
because right. I mean everything's expensive. I understand why it's expensive. Like we have to pay people to do their work. It just is sometimes really unaffordable. Absolutely, and, and unaccessible to certain people. I, yeah, I think also it it finally gives the opportunity um, for smaller theater companies that are maybe just trying out and maybe not have like necessarily a space. But like, if they can, you know, start recruiting. <laughs> Sorry, I just stopped making just mouthing puppy. <laughs> I know, yeah, puppy invading stream. Yeah, as I, usual. I, I hear her in the high pitched voice going, "Puppy." <laughs> it was a doggo, but same thing. Uh, oh, was a doggo? Oh, sorry, I, I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I. Oh my god. See, 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 see them smile and just like, like their their eyes just lit up. I just, I lost my train of thought right there. That's okay. Puppies will uh, do that to you. Yeah. Uh, God, we really should start doing like visual version of uh, our podcast on our website. Do anyway. it. So anyway, um, uh, what I was saying was that I think um, being that um, the the stigma of theater productions, live productions being streamable, I think, you know, that will open up a lot of opportunities for, like, young and small theater companies to, you know, actually produce their work. Like, you know, that they don't have to worry about, oh, you know, like, we we can't find a space. You know, it it can be something as simple as, like, hey, I got a garage, and, you know, I know know a friend of mine that has a couple of, like, lights, and we'll just stream it on Twitch. Right. You know, just to get some viewers and put it on Zoom and put like a suggested so uh, donation on Patreon, you know, stuff like that. And I think that would encourage that would encourage more um, more newer plays to come out, more diverse plays. Absolutely. You know, I you know, I I I think I you know because I know when we uh, when I was designing the Immigrant for Theater Three and you know like and we we're talking about doing pre recorded streaming people are like saying, oh, is it really theater? I'm like, of course it's still theater. Like I'm running it on an ion. This, you know, like the actors are still performing, you know, you know, to each other, you know, granted remotely, but still like, you know, the, the way that it's directed is still theater. It's, right. a, you know, what a weird hill to die on, you know, like to just be like, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. It's not theater, you know? Right. And I think it, it finally gives like some opportunity um, for maybe smaller theaters uh, who, you know, at least to to some ability to stay afloat that they can do, you know, like when during the slow season, like if it's, a, you know, if they're doing a show in like Montana, like if they have a theater in Montana and they know theater attendance is really low, you know, offer up a digital production during their off season. Right. You know, an option. So, but yeah, that's just my two cents that I, I always seems to be giving. How many cents is that now? Um, <laughs> Uh, Megan, do you have any questions? Um, no, not really any questions, but I'd love to hear more about like the virtual DJing stuff that you're doing and the, like the sound healing stuff on Twitch. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, so uh, I started a Twitch channel uh, probably maybe a month after the first lockdown. Uh, I was actually, one night I was just bummed and I was on Facebook and I was like, and I was actually DJing and I was like, I'm going to just stream this on Facebook. We just like did it with my phone, like straight up, like it sounded bad, you know, it was just like from my monitor into the uh, 
phone speakers, so like no fancy sound or anything. But then like a bunch of people were watching it, my friends, and they were like, thank you, because it was like a sound healing thing. And they were like, I really needed this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was like, oh, wow, people actually like need this. And they it does the same thing for them that it does for me, which it makes me feel really good and relaxed. So I was like, cool, I guess people do like this. And then someone was like, you should be on Twitch. And I was like, oh, okay. So I got on Twitch and uh, I, at first it was just kind of my buddies in there. And then from there it grew and I probably got like 50 of my friends on there and then probably like a hundred random people nice. that, uh, that stop in and out every once in a while. And, um, and yeah, I do on, on Wednesdays, I do healing sessions with like sound bowls and uh, I need to get a better mic so that I can drum at the same time. Cause when I do live sound healings, I always use a drum, but uh it just doesn't translate well with the equipment that I have now. And then on Sundays, I let uh, my little tribe or like my viewers decide my set for the next Sunday. So it can be like anything from hip hop to classic to uh, what else have I done? Movie soundtracks, R&B, whatever they want, I'll spend for them. I'll basically make a set for that. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a whole lot of fun. And um, yeah. And uh, gaining a little traction, just like meeting some other DJs, because uh, I eventually want to open a sound healing center. That's like my end goal for my like life goal is to have a, a sound healing center that also does like meditation and yoga and like ecstatic dance and stuff like that. So uh, DJing on Twitch and like doing the sound healing now is really good practice for later when I want to implement that into like sound healing sessions and like the sound healing center. So it's kind of all... Uh, build up for later I guess you could say well that's cool I mean that's definitely good practice then to try and getting your name out there even if it is like virtually right now I, yeah. I mean the more people yeah, are here absolutely. the better yeah absolutely yeah and I make a, a little bit of change on there too like people are awesome and they'll donate um so if, if they have the means so that's helped like me pay for groceries you know because like I'm a full-time freelancer so every little yeah. bit helps so it's a it's helped a little bit with that also, especially because y'all know, I don't know if y'all were on 1099s at all, but I did W-2s and 1099s, so my unemployment is rough because they, like, will, will only give you one at a time, so, uh, I yeah. 1099 work last year, like, it all. Well, good, I'm glad for you. It's okay for yeah. it now, but I can't, like, I, I've heard the pains and the struggles from others. Yeah. Yeah, I got mine and I was like, what? And then uh, my friend who was also in uh, USA 829 was like, yeah, I have to deal with the same thing. All of your W-2 uh, funds have to run out and then you can get your 1099 funds. Mm -hmm. But if they're not added up together, they don't add for much. So, yeah. No, for sure. I, yeah, I, um, I did see that um, there was a, um, a CARES Act for 1099 and I was not qualified just because I'd done w2 and it's not even real w2 it's just a w2 that i got from my stipend at smu you know so I was that's just a like, bummer yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was just like oh i was like that really really sucks and then i was like okay maybe i'll just file for unemployment and then i was just like oh you um wait how much did you make 10 grand here's your dollars yeah, yeah they're, they're like oh that's cute well um here's a card <laughs> and it just and then it's just a card that just has like a bunch of laughing emojis with all the <laughs> you know. broke, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty much it. 
So um, yeah, I, I told I totally get. It. I was I, I was at least fortunate enough that with uh, Public Works being canceled, uh, DTC Public Works, um, Ignite Dallas, the uh, not for profit that works with Public Works, um, they still gave us our stipend for the year for the summer. That's awesome. Yeah. So That's that was great. you know that was yeah. So like um, yeah, because I I took I you know I I I didn't accept like office jobs that like in architectural lighting design firms and stuff like that, which I know they, they're still up and running right now because construction is essential work. So they're still right. with me. But yeah, yeah I, I, made, I made that claim and I'm like, listen, I, I turned down like jobs that I, I would be getting right now, even with COVID. So please right. work with me. Please. Yeah, I'm glad that they did. That was the right thing for them for sure. Yeah. And that happened for me at Ole Miss and at UNLV. I was in the middle of mentoring at UNLV and I uh, couldn't mentor the student anymore because there was no more show um, but they still paid me and kept me on so that was good awesome. and then uh, Ole Miss I was actually about to like fly out the day after shutdown to go do a show there or two shows mm -hmm. actually there and they compensated me for those so that was nice awesome. yeah I was on a USA contract so I think they technically would have had to pay me my first two payments but not my last one but they went ahead and paid me the last one anyway which i thought was really nice of them so shout out yeah. to old Miz and unlv for that <laughs> so actually you know let's, let's talk about usa for a little bit actually united scenic artists um you know because that's that's always a a big question for uh, young designers especially like should i join the union when should i join the union you know because we always hear different stories like join as soon as possible so that way you can start accruing the benefits or, you know, wait till forever when you're at your peak, because then whatever reason, I don't know. But yeah, like, uh, what, what's, what's been your take on it? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm actually a, a new member. I think I've been a member for about six months now. So not mm -hmm. very long um, have I been, been a member. And uh, the reason that I got it was because I'm starting to do a lot more um, shows that are filmed at least this has happened to me twice now where i i've designed a theater show that has since then been filmed for like mm -hmm. a film version of the show and that happened uh the first time it happened was uh, on gloria life off broadway and every other designer but me was union so when pbs came in and shot the show they all got compensated for that and i didn't get any extra money even yeah. though my name was on the bill and, and everything. So I was like, man, I could have used that money. So from then on, I was like, okay, it's probably time. So um, I contacted Cricket Myers, uh, who's, uh, I guess, the head of sound for USA on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And um, she was like, yeah, you should be in it by now. And we chatted for a bit. And then I turned in all my stuff and then got in. And it's helped just because... Um, you know, for the benefits, which it doesn't help right now, but it will when we're working again. Yeah. And um, I think that you are looked at in a little bit different light when you have your USA card. Like, it's just kind of another little accolade, I guess, for, like, regional theaters to look at if you're going in blind. And I'm, I might be wrong on this, but I think that I've, I've had more people contact me when I've emailed, like, random theaters since I've been USA. Yeah. So I don't know if that's true, but I kind of think it just helps another little tick on your resume, I guess. Mm -hmm, for sure. But uh, I think if you're only doing like assisting work or like one or two regional shows a year, it's not worth the money. So you got to think about that. Yeah, that's valid. That's fair. Yeah. No, one hundred percent. I think um, it's always been um, it's always been kind of like a head scratcher mainly. Um, at least from my personal experience, I uh, 
I just don't, you know, like I, you know, especially now that I'm, I'm going into education, you know, if it's, if it's worth it, but like, I think um, that now is not a good time to sign up for the union anyway, right now. Again. No, it's but... not. <laughs> do, do not. Do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. Uh, so we'll see um, what, what comes, you know, what comes out afterwards. And like, if, if my work starts, especially now that I'm out of grad school, um, I can start working more and hopefully if the gigs are high enough, then I'll go, go to union because it's, it's always been something that's on my mind. Totally. Yeah. And I think you'll kind of know like when it's time. Mm -hmm. I think I kind of knew, like, I was like, okay, it's time now. Like I had done about like six regional shows and then like, I kind of got, you know, I missed out on some money because of it. And I was like, okay, no. Yeah. So I think it'll come to you whenever it's time, probably. A hundred percent. I think, yeah. um, I don't remember because I, I know when I worked at Four Wall, I got offered uh, to join IOTC. Uh, Megan, do you get offered to join IOTC being in high end or is it just. No, I, I think it's going to no. be on a manufacturer. Like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how exactly that works. Um, I know I could, like, I'd have, I know how it works in, like, Austin at least is like, I'd have to get on, like, you have to be, you'd have to go and work the shows in order to even be offered. And I don't. I don't go work the shows because I have high end and they have me go and do like go and travel and I'm just not here enough to work the shows basically. Um, like I could get, so I could get on the like over higher list where if they have like, um, bass concert hall here in Austin where all the Broadway shows come in and out. Um, like I could go and work load in and load outs, but I just, I, I slightly choose not to because well, I'm either gone or when I'm home, I'd like to just be home. Mm hmm absolutely i mean yeah i mean like that's that's 100 percent valid you know i think uh you know it, it's it's funny because like we're we're kind of we we're kind of raised like you know growing because we're all relatively the same age right like i'm 31 um i don't know what, how old you two i'm 35 so yeah 35. ish. Uh, so I'm, yeah. I'm 27 26 <laughs> god baby. damn it that just hit me that just hit me hard i thought you were so much older megan no, uh, show canceled nope. Done. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually the baby in the room. Oh my god, uh, the show's officially canceled, guys. Um, and had, you know, um, Slim. It was great to having you as our. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh no, no, I'll be, I'll be rebranding it. It's just older queer, you know, just like with the. <laughs> no. no. Oh yeah, Megan's actually uh, our uh, our community out our youth outreach group. <laughs> They they know they know the uh the, the hip lingos that are on there, you know, only like sometimes. Only sometimes. Uh no, um I I you know, I, I us being relatively the same age, I think um we you know, it, it we've always kind of been told that like our thirties is like our prime, that it's just like, you know, like that's when you get you know, you, you come home at like three o'clock in the morning, your your throat's is like filled with sandpaper because you've been smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee and then it's just like like now we're kind of like at you know I'm I'm thirty turning thirty one now and I'm like I am not interested in doing that I'm like this is me that's just kind of be like I'll I'll stick with a nice little like steady job for a bit and then I'm just twenty six and I'm also like nah I don't want to go out till three a.m. every night like let's just yeah stay in. yeah I'll drink the coffee all day I just don't want to be like out till forever I, mean, I party plenty yeah exactly exactly like i you know like if if asked of me i would do it but like if so you know but oh my god if i if, if i, I must you, 
Yeah, if I told if if somebody if somebody offered me like, hey, we need a we need a lighting designer to go on tour right now, I I would be so tempted. I'll be like, you know what? You ask Jen, ask my partner, and because uh, <laughs> I'm I'll be too afraid to ask. Be like, hey, I, I'm gonna be gone for like six months. Is that cool with you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. I had that conversation with mine. Yeah, I have the four animals. I was told, do not. There are four animals here. You cannot leave me with just the four of them. That's fair. And I was like, you know what? That is that is fair. I do not want to leave you with four animals. I would not want to be left with four animals. Also, I would really miss you. Oh. Yeah, that is hard. Uh, but yeah, so I think, um, but yeah, so like, you know, that, you know, and I think that's, uh, that's kind of hitting, um, more and more um especially now like you know like we're, we're we've we've grown up hearing that like oh you got to pay your dues you got to pay your dues and um do and like um you know and it kind of kind of goes back to like theater being like this weird like this pseudo like pit or like shadow when it comes to labor loss <laughs> you right know, like, you know yep Definitely. But yeah, you know, and it's just like, you know, like th this industry is like the, the one of the weird industries that like normalized, uh, that normalized, um, like, oh, uh, oh, you have a death in the family. Oh, that, that's so sad. But we got tech tonight. Yep. Yeah, it's not cute. You know, it's like, but yeah, so, but yeah, um, I think, um, you know, um, so I guess then, um, Slim, you, do you want to talk about kind of like your, you know, your, your experience, like, again, because we're talking about survival also, and I think um, a big point of survival is, um, you know, how to, you know, how to take it on the chin or knowing to walk out in an abusive um, work environment, you know, and and how to kind of make sure that you're you're walking away with your reputation intact, and you know, hopefully not, you know, your bridge completely, you know, in flames. Right. I feel like <laughs> this is a pointed question towards a topic. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, like, no, no. It's like you know, if you're comfortable about it, like you know, if we, I could totally cut that part out entirely. <laughs> Editing. No, no, no. <laughs> so, what are you asking again exactly? I'm sorry. I mean, no, I mean, like, in a sense of just like you know, like you've worked in this industry enough about like learning how to kind of like how do you survive being taken advantage of? You know, you've you brought up a really good point about being you know a, you know a woman in a you know male dominated industry. You know, like what's what's been your kind of like philosophy on surviving that? Oh, um, well, for me, and I know this has lost me some jobs too, but it's also made some places respect me more and pay me right, is I just, mm -hmm. I have a rate and I won't budge from that rate, like no matter what, pretty much, mm -hmm. like, unless it's like something awesome for like the LGBTQ community and everyone's making a hundred dollar stipend or whatever, like that's cool. But like any kind of real gig, like uh, my mixing rates, 25 an hour, lowest mm -hmm. point for like a small smaller regional theater and I won't budge from that no matter what mm -hmm. and uh I basically just hope that they want my skill set like that they know that I'm gonna make the show sound good and that they'll do it and if they won't then I just kind of take my loss and hope that I find something else um so I think it's really important to just have a rate for yourself and not go under it 
Um, in LA, it's a huge problem where a lot of engineers will take jobs for like $17 an hour. And it's like, no, you're worth 25 an hour minimum if you can program this console and you can yeah. mix this musical. You're worth at least $25 an hour. Mixing a musical is hard and it takes time mm -hmm. to perfect that. Um, yeah. So that's the, I guess, main thing. And then um, I guess just not being intimidated. I know at first I was really intimidated by... Um, other sound people, I mean, they're mostly male, mostly older white males. Um, they don't want to take you seriously. So I think at mm -hmm. first they kind of intimidated me, maybe my first couple of years in the field. And then I think I just kind of grew some tough skin and realized that my voice is just as important as theirs in the room. And I'm just as qualified, probably more qualified than most people. And um, just kind of started to tip my head up and be like, fuck it, I'm awesome. And I'm going to do what I need to do. And uh, I think that confidence has gotten me more jobs than it has lost me jobs. I know some people don't like that, especially coming from a woman, to have that kind of confidence and just go into a room and be like, I know what I want. But that's just kind of how I conduct myself. And um, I'm still alive. <laughs> so, yeah. So, no, that's getting work. so obviously you're doing something. And getting work. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I guess I, so. Absolutely. And, and I think that's, you know, like, being a you know a marginalized person you know being both queer and a woman you know it's it's you know you're gonna you're gonna end up finding so many times that like you know the people who are giving you like advice is also like the people who are trying to like stifle and hinder you as well that oh absolutely like, oh, you know it's just like you know just like oh something you know like yeah he's an asshole but like if you work with him it'll open so many doors for you like no fuck that I, like yeah. my mental health is not worth that nonsense absolutely you know? mm-hmm I had to learn no, that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, this do you is there anything else you want to share? Megan, do you have any other questions? Yeah, I think or, sorry, I'm really bad at interviews, so I'm like, yeah, I'm just listening and I like taking interviews. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and I'm always I constantly have, I, I always apologize name, to you. So I'm like I don't have as much experience out in the real world. So I went like I got like really super lucky with my job. Like it was I interned at high end my junior year. And the summer after junior year, they offered me the job the job to go from part-time senior year of undergrad to full-time, like, product support, training, all that kind of jazz, where you kind of have to at least act like you know what you're talking about because you're instructing these people who have been in the industry for years on what to do. But, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't have the, like, real-world experience that you guys have. Um, I got super lucky in that respect that I was able to get, like, the job that I have now, I think without as much I it's like a blessing and a curse I always say in like my training classes when this comes up because it's like I don't have the real world experience I wish I had to tell you exactly like what you're gonna face but I can tell you from the phone calls I have the advice like of like sticking to your guns and like talking with like other colleagues and stuff like that is like some of the best advice that I've been given and have always heard is like sticking to your guns is going to get you a lot further than than lowering your rates and like because then it just shows oh maybe you aren't that confident that you're actually worth as much as you're trying to put put yourself out there for absolutely and that and it's important for all of us to set a rate that we're worth because if not you're also screwing everyone that works with you well, not with you but you know your colleagues over as well because they're like oh so and so did it for this and it's just it's not a good look so we got to look out for each other in that way Totally. Collective bargaining is a real thing, and it's amazing. 
Absolutely. <laughs> why unions are good once you find out that they're right for like once you find that you're right in that respect is that unions can help with that i think at least that's what i've been yeah. told yeah oh yeah for sure absolutely like it's, it's, you know you you don't have to deal with any of that stress being like oh can you pay less ah, i can't i'm union you know mm -hmm. like that's such a great answer it's such a great comfortable answer be like you have to talk to my union rep like that's you know i, I don't yep. want to get in trouble you don't want me to get in trouble you know what i'm saying like yep. it's it's so good. Well, um, Slim, you know, it's always a pleasure, you know, and it's, I, I always enjoy talking to you. And, you know, the fact that you took the time, even while, you know, you're, you're still unpacking, I'm assuming at this point, <laughs> you know. And oh, yeah, still, oh, I'm still packing. <laughs> oh, still packing. Oh, my God. That's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, honestly, like, I, you know, thank you so much for, for um, you know, staying with us and talking to with us and uh, making that awesome intro music. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you guys. For thank you all for having me on. It, it was really fun. I enjoyed yeah. it. My first podcast in the books. Bam, baby. There you go. Now you're yes. <laughs> and eventually it'll just keep wrapping up where you're like, oh, yeah, I want to do another one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'd love yeah, to come yeah. back. Let's let's get oh. a topic. I'll come back at some point if you want. Listen, if you shoot up, you know, we have a group text. So just shoot up a text like, listen, I want to talk about this. And be like, yes, let's do it. You know? Awesome. Yeah. No, absolutely. I would love to. I don't know if, if either one of you lighting people wants to do the research on it with me, but I would love to talk about sound and lighting healing together because there's like yeah. a crazy science behind it. But we can we can text about it. But yeah, it's amazing, sure. and I think it's, like, the future of healing if we can, like, meld entertainment and, mm -hmm. like, healing together, a healing experience together. We can really help a lot of people, but that's that's no, for another that. podcast. No, for, <laughs> sure. I think that's, for sure. I think that's a really neat idea, and, it, yeah, there's definitely science, like, behind, like, different color lights make you feel differently, like, <laughs> and you combine yep, that and the sound and everything, like, it'll, it could definitely like, mm -hmm. help everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And matching certain uh, like colors with certain frequencies hits, if you believe in this stuff, hits the different chakras, chakras in your body for like meditation and like yoga. They talk about chakras a lot, you know, um, the different okay. points in your body. So, um, yeah, it can hit those different points. It's really interesting. It's why I did my thesis on. I could talk about it for a long time. <laughs> no, I, I, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we should definitely do an episode about that. I'm saying that to myself. <laughs> Awesome. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. So before we continue, <clears throat> Megan, Phil, is it time? Where can people find you on the internet? Um, Twitter <laughs> at Megan Wilson underscore, and my Instagram matches, and my name is super hard to spell, so it'll be in the links. I'm guessing in the show notes. Um, also on Twitch, I know I've been kind of abandoned it for a little bit, but I'll be back there at some point. Um, at Apps by MW. Right on. Yeah. Awesome. Slim, where can we find you? Oh well, first Slim. Oh yeah. Slim. Slim. Oh, hey. Where can people uh, find you on the internet? All right. Uh, I guess on Twitch, you can find me at Twitch.tv/SherpaSlim. That's Sherpa, like Journey Guide. S H E R P A S L I M. And okay, um, so really quick, sorry, I, I hate to interrupt. Uh, just for the sake of my own editing madness, because we all talked over it to each other. Uh, let me let's do that again, if if that's okay. If we can do the yeah. The, the, so the because I we all talked over each other, and I don't want to deal with that editing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so, you. Okay, so um, so yeah, so thanks, Slim, uh, for you know for sticking around, and um, 
you know, and this is it's kind of our it's kind of our time to uh, skadoodle. So, um, Megan. All right, I guess it's time. Um, Phil, where can people here. find you? Where, yeah. where can people find you on the internet? So I can be found on Twitter at Megan Wilson underscore, which is super hard to spell, at least the first name. So it's going to be linked in the show notes and on Twitch, where you can drop by, say hi at at SpyMW. Right on. And Slim, where can we find you? All right. You can find me on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash Sherpa Slim, which is my DJ name. And it's S-H-E-R-P-A, like the journey guide, and then S-L-I-M. And then um, I'm also semi-active on Instagram. I at least post like when I'm going to play on Twitch and stuff. And that's Soundy Slim on Instagram with Soundy IE. Right on. And we'll put that all in the show notes. Beautiful. You, you can find me at Phil Villar on my Twitter and at Phil underscore Villar on my Instagram. And you can find me on my website at philvillardesign.com. And we still don't have a real outro. So anyway, enjoy, enjoy, uh, enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Bye. Bye. Cool. Bye-bye. Awesome.